0: We are all wearing red, except for those that aren't, (laughs) and some of you didn't know, and that's okay, and last week I had somebody come up to me and say, see, I'm wearing red, and I said, that's great, but that's for Pentecost, and this is Mother's Day. But uh, just, I just want you to know, if you're not wearing red, that's all good. I'll explain why I'm not bothered by that, and I hope you're not bothered by that, that we didn't have a secret handshake or something, and we didn't let you sit in the fr- front five rows if you weren't wearing red today. But uh, we are in what I would consider the third, or, or the third of three major Christian holidays. And the first two have cards attached. You can go buy cards at the grocery store for Christmas, which means, which is the sign that Jesus came so that we could know who God was amongst us so that we could believe in him because we could see him for who he is. And Easter, Jesus um, rose from the dead, but after being killed as a, as a sacrifice, but as a, as a way to cleanse the world from all iniquity, or as the last song said, the vilest offenders. That would be us. But we were cleansed. Now the way, then in the scripture that you might remember, maybe you don't. But Jesus says that if you were cleansed from, if your house was cleansed, but you didn't put something in it, something worse would come. So he cleanses the house. Pentecost then is the day that his spirit that we celebrate that his spirit comes in and helps us keep the house clean. So that's what today's about. The problem with that is, is that we live in a world that kind of struggles to make changes. You might have noticed that, you know, um, on uh, New Year's resolutions, we don't do usually very well at that. And and I talked about that at the time that the struggle isn't. To make a change, it's to make a change and maintain that change until it's the new normal and it's a habit. That's why making changes are difficult because they're not our way of doing it for the first three and a half months until we're used to it. And so let me uh, talk about why the world needed to change and then the change that that brings. And... uh, The first thing I want you to know is we talked about a password and the ancient Hebrews, they had this, they had this habit and they had this way of talking about it. I don't know if some of you, this might be sort of like fiction and fact from Sam's Almanac, sort of minute details or things. But the Jews wouldn't let somebody that had a Moab Moab person from in their genealogy enter the temple for a certain number of generations. Did you know that? That if you had a Moabite uh, great-grandfather or great-grandmother, you couldn't go in the temple. Well, who's going to keep track of that? Right? Do you understand what I'm saying? And how, does Pete, and how does David get away with that when Ruth is a Moabitess? And then Ruth had a son, and that son had a son, and then David, who couldn't have gone in the temple by their own rules. So how do you get a king that can't go in the temple? But there's other rules in there. Did you know that the temple was set up in multiple courts and Jesus cleansed the outer court and that was the temple, the court of the Gentiles. But they were doing business out there so there was no worship going on in the court of the Gentiles when Jesus did that. But the next thing, the next court, the court of the women. Okay, so you get a, if you're a Jewish woman you can go in there, but you can't if you're not a Jewish woman. And then there was the court of the priests and then, of course, the Holy of Holies, in which case not only the priest could go in the court of the priest, but only, only once a year would anybody go into the Holy of Holies. And so you have this restricted access. Do you know what it took? One of the things that one of these little niceties, and I'm sure all of you are begging for this job, was to make sure that the men that got into the court of the priests were all circumcised properly. That's a job that uh, the job description isn't always exactly you know, as forthright as you might hope. But, uh, but the nature of the priesthood was is that then you had to make sure and then the people that would come in. So if you became a Jew, you had to be circumcised as a male and then, then somebody had to make sure that that was done right. So, I mean, talk about a secret password. Right? You have to have a password but it has to be done in a certain way and then the priest that's, that's sort of making sure now did, did this always work this way? I don't know that it did or not but wouldn't you just like to be the new priest that, that hadn't been given the records and so now you have to check everybody. So this is kind of the way the world works, isn't it? That we get secret societies, we get specialties, and we only let so many people do this, and only the, only the special, special people get to do this next step. Well, the problem with that is this, that the categories of our society sort of do this. If, if you've ever lived in a town where if you're not a local, you're, you're just not part of the in crowd... That's how that bleeds into the church world. I, I shared, I shared a, we lived in a town once where um, we thought that they were being really nice and invited us over and the husband and wife were arguing over which one was more local than the other. And the wife's family had moved there in 1872 and the husband's family had moved there in 1878. And they're having an argument over local. So you can know that if you've just moved to this town, you will never, ever be local. The joke, the joke, uh, one person said that until you've bought land and your grandkids have died there, you're not local. That's a, that's a, that's a steep, it's almost impossible to do. Now I'm from the Tri-Cities. Some of you didn't know this, but in five years you're local. That's the way it is in the Tri-Cities. It's not Walla Walla where you've got to be fourth generation. The thing is is that Tri-Cities is really, Richland is a brand new town in comparison to even Colville. You know, um, 1941. That's a new town, isn't it? How do you get local in a new town? Well, the government moves you there. How I, that's how I, my family got there. But these categories of local and then gender and then you've got the right sign or symbol in your life, those things, they happen in our world where, where if you're not a member, you don't get to come in. And they move into our churches in such a way that if you're not from the right family, sometimes you're not allowed to lead certain things. Have you ever seen that in churches? Not this one, but maybe somewhere else. I've seen it, not to, not, not to be super happy about that. Or gender, maybe there's a church out there somewhere that says, you know, if you're not a man, you can't teach men Sunday school to pick on one of the large denominations in our country. By the way, just as an aside, Beth Moore is a member of that denomination, and she's maybe the most gifted Bible study writer in our country right now. And she can't teach men in her own denomination. Really, does the Bible not affect us at all? So why am I doing this on Pentecost Day? Well, for the same reason that I had that I had our lovely Roxanne read the chapter of of. Of uh, Acts. Do you remember the story? Okay, So the story goes like this. You've got a centurion praying in Caesarea and God says go get Peter. Peter meanwhile is praying in another town and is told you need to be able to eat whatever I put down in front of you and he says no I'm not doing that. And so God says no take and eat. No, I'm not doing it. Well, how many times have you heard God specifically voice something to you and you say, "No." <laughs> I just want you to be aware of of what he's kind of doing. Have you do you recognize this exchange? I just want to make sure that we get here in this right thing. Here, this is the I don't like this translation for that. It's why I had had uh, Roxanne read the other one. She wanted to read the the message and I had it bookmarked in the message. Let's let's read Peter here tell God no for a second. I think it's of value. That's John 9. Okay, so here it is. Like a great sheet let down by four corners upon the earth, In it were all the animals and reptiles and birds of the air. And a voice said, rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, no, Lord, for I've never eaten anything that is common or unclean. So he's got this religious, he's got this objection here, but he's talking to the one who set the rule. (laughs) Right? So if you're talking to the one who sets the rule, perhaps he knows what's going on. And so it happened again, what God has cleansed, you must not call common. This happened 3 times, and then the vision was taken back up into heaven. Arise and eat. No. Arise and eat. No. Arise and eat. No. I'm not You should hear the echo of Peter saying, "I don't know the man." 3 times at the crucifixion here. You should also hear the echo of do you love me? Yes Lord you know that I love you. This is the same Peter right? It takes him a while. God is very patient with his people. But as he's do- doing this and he's and He's coming down and then the centurion's cohort comes up and says we're looking for Peter. The, the Holy Spirit says the people that are coming at the door are here for you. You should welcome them and peter knows immediately what this is about that god has cleansed these people and they're not to be thought of as unclean and so he goes and and he and he gives the gospel to them and they're filled with the holy spirit just boom but the Jews believed at this time, point in time, even the believers, even the Christian believers, that if you were going to become a Christian or a member of the way or an adherent of the way at the time, that you would have to become a good Jew and be circumcised if you were a male to believe. But, the, but God sort of doesn't believe that evidently. Because when the gospel came and they believed, what happened? Did they they wait for all the signs to be taken care of? Or did God fill them? You're not to call what is clean, unclean. Or what God has cleansed, unclean. This is the Roman scripture that we're talking about from, talking from this morning. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. There is not one little piece of information in this Roman scripture about where they're from. Or what their genealogy is. If you're led by the spirit of God. Then you're a child of God. So you have not received a spirit. That makes you fearful slaves. Instead you've received. God's spirit when he adopted you. As his own children. Now we call him Abba father. For his spirit joins with our spirit. To affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children. We are his heirs. Now just to tie off a loose end that i talked about earlier and i want to i want to go in here and have this sort of deep theological moment with you so if you get a little nervous and scared or or confused just raise your hand and we'll go back and and do this in the old testament there were these ten commandments on this on these tablets of stone yeah yeah and, and some of that law was promise for life and some of that law was stipulation to help them live into the promise. That's the law of God. Some of it was, you have to do things this way. Well, what happened is, is their hearts were made out of stone just like those stone tablets. But the scriptural message here is essentially that God will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. That's Ezekiel thirty six twenty six if you want to do that and then it put his spirit in you. Well, who, what does the spirit do inside of us when God has cleansed our spirit when we've accepted him and he cleanses us and then his spirit comes in? Well, the law is no longer external to us. God's law is brought inside and written on the flesh of our hearts. We don't need tablets of stone anymore. The guidance that we need is not on tablets. It's in the spirit of the Lord which indwells us. Now sometimes there's going to be some really phenomenal things that go on when you're following the spirit of God and it needs to happen. And so he's going to send some sort of sign out of the spirit. They call those spiritual gifts. And in case you're wondering where I stand on that, I completely believe that all of them are active whenever God wants to do them. All the signs are there. Now, he doesn't always... I've got some friends that are theologians that say, well, some of those signs are really for the edges of Christianity and it's, you know, as we sit here in our pews, we're a little bit like soldiers at the army base where we do our own laundry but if we're out in the foxhole then somebody else is doing our laundry and God's doing signs. Does that make sense? Sometimes we're not really out on the edges of Christianity anymore. All our friends are Christians and you know, those bridges are built. We've already got Jesus in us and they've got Jesus in them and the Jesus in us really likes the Jesus in them and so the walls are sort of breaking down and friendships begin. But the Spirit of God, the gifts of God, the gifts of the Spirit are to tear down walls that divide humanity. I think I've shared this once, I'll share it again. at fits here, is that the example that I have most... most uh, experienced in this was, and I didn't even know it was going on until afterwards, is I was uh, embroiled in sort of an argument in the Korean community at my seminary. And boy, you know, the Koreans do national pride really well. Um, The only thing I can say is that they thought that it was rude to speak English to another Korean when there was a Korean in the room. And so if If there were five of you and there were two Koreans, they would speak Korean over the top of whatever language was going on because it was rude to not do so. Now if you were in that room and you didn't speak Korean, you might think it was rude to speak Korean over the top of it when everybody else didn't speak that language. So I was sitting there one day and I kind of got embroiled in this spot and a a Korean young man came out of his test. His pen had died in the test. And he came out, my best friend was In Young Bang, a Korean, uh, one of the elder statesmen of the Korean community. And, uh, And he came out to ask In Young for a pin in Korean. I heard it plain as day in English, reached into my backpack, handed him a pin, and off he went to In Young's surprise. He's sitting there going, how'd you know what he wanted? Well, he, was, he asked for a pen in English right there, plain as day. He's going, no, that was Korean. That was Korean. I'm going, I only heard English. I, I don't speak Korean. That doesn't happen. Well, what happened is In Young and I ended up in this discussion about, about why a, another young man was, was being ostracized from their community. And God had used that little moment of translation to break down a wall or to build a bridge, if you will. That's what the gifts of the Spirit are for. That's why God is seen in our Acts text today as the director of all things human. Cornelius, send a Joppa for Peter. Peter, take and eat. Don't don't call unclean what God has cleansed. Go with the men. Why did you ask me to come here? Well, God sent me for you. That's all in that text. God is directing the whole state of the human affairs for his end on a Pentecost moment. Now, here's the coolest thing, and you got to read this, didn't you? That Peter shares the gospel and boom, the spirit comes upon them. What does Peter say? Is there anybody here that can withhold water for baptism since the Spirit of God is already in them? Think about that. No sign, no genealogy. He's not a local. This is not really one of our people. But the Romans chapter, Romans verse, those that call on the name of the Lord are the Lord's. That's what Pentecost is about. By the way, not that we would start judging who are the Lord's and who aren't, but that we would accept the direction of the Holy Spirit as it comes into us and makes us fully alive and full of the Spirit of God again. You were born and you did some stuff wrong and you asked Jesus for forgiveness. And he came and he filled you with, your, with his spirit so that the spirit of God, the law of God could be inside you and the law of God is love, peace, patience and kindness to all people. And so instead of drawing lines and saying well these five over here, they don't meet the grade and they're out, he says how can you bless them? Well they don't look like us bummer for you if you think that's the rule they don't talk like us well you don't talk like them maybe you're the outsider this is the spirit of God a little patience is required though so I just want you to get into this just want you to not forget that while Peter got three forms three copies of the same vision over and over again because he's a little thick-headed He also, amongst his community, also went back later. And in Acts 15, you see Paul saying, how come you're only siding with the Jewish ones instead of the Gentile Christians? How come you're drawing lines amongst us again? The Peter, even though he's had a vision from God, by the way, if you've had a vision from God, it doesn't make you immune to correction, that you can still be corrected by God. Mary, Mary, who got a lot of visions from God, tried to take Jesus under control at one point because he was kind of an embarrassment in the community that she lived. Matter of fact, hearing from God almost guarantees that somewhere along the line you're going to get corrected. Those of you who have followed Jesus for a long time, am I right? If you follow Jesus long enough, you're going to do something wrong and you'll need correction. (laughs) Sorry, it was a rhetorical question. You didn't have to raise your hand. (laughs) But this is what we're wearing red for as a sign of life today. And, And it's Pentecost. This is the big day. This is the day that allows us to live the life that Christ has made for us because his spirit dwells amongst us. And instead of having all these little courts where where the last one is the holy of holies and and you only get to go in there once but on the on the on Easter or on Good Friday that that veil was torn. Here's your moment. Are you ready? You're the holy of holies now. And instead of people taking pilgrimages to the holy of holies, the holy of holies take God's presence to other people. That's what Pentecost is about. That's why it's a big deal. That's why we wear red and look sort of silly sometimes. But it's okay to look silly for the Lord, isn't it? There's a lot more to say about this, but I'm looking at this and I'm noticing that we have communion behind me. And I get to say this one thing that backs up the sermon a little bit. That as we come into communion, and maybe, and we've got some people in here that have never taken communion with us before, I just want you to know that if you've been invited here today by God, we don't uninvite you. And the source of that is a Pentecostal understanding that I'm not looking to be the gatekeeper for God's blessing in anybody's life mainly because I would do it badly. But I want God to be the gatekeeper of blessing in your life, and I hope you do too. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I thank you for today. I thank you for sweeping this house clean, these homes clean, and then filling them with your presence so that something worse doesn't happen. And so we seek your name and we call your name and because of that we are your kids lord help us know the blessing that comes with being your heir but also help us to be willing to take the tough stuff that comes with that too in other words the correction the strengthening the character building in your precious name amen